Today on Mad J Rants, I talk about my experience in a gang in the 1970s. I discuss the mutant problem, and I talk about fighting back. This is Diceology, episode Uprising. This is Diceology, the podcast about tabletop games, and we talk to the people that play them. Big mad love to the latest Patreon members, Laura, Adam Drew, Cam Banks, Joe, Yoshi Creelman, Chris Gardiner. Welcome to the Dream Hustle. So in an earlier podcast, I had the game designer, Sarah Doombringer, on, and we spoke uh, a bit about her game, Velvet Glove, which is about girl gangs in the 70s. That game is built on the, powered by the Apocalypse Engine. Um, we talked about getting together at some point and even if it's online and playing Velvet Glove and Sarah ran that game yesterday, uh, for me, Jabari Weathers and Whitney Delaglio, fantastic humans to play with. I had never gotten to play a game with either of them before, uh, and they brought their A game. It was good stuff. I enjoyed the experience. Velvet Glove was easy to stay in that fictional space, um, Triggering your character moves via the fictional setting. That was easy. I wasn't always referencing the playbook or the move sheet to figure out what I wanted to do next uh, by paying attention to the situation as it unfolded. It was easy to decide where I wanted to move my character to next. Um, like I said, I played the newbie. Uh, her name is Bahar. She's 15. Uh, she was new to town, kind of a coastal California town. Uh, only we were far from the coast. Uh, she's a Native American. Um, she's carrying a lot of um, expectations from her family that are generational, that are traditional. There's some male-dominant type stuff in there. So her big thing was to... Well, her big draw to the gang was to have power over other people. That's what the gang helped her to do. Toby, which was the maniac played by Whitney, uh, helped get her into the gang. Uh, So I played Bahar. uh, I played Bahar so that she was always trying to live up to uh, Toby's expectations or what she thought Toby's expectations were. I would... I would play this game again. Uh, I think I'm hesitant uh, right now uh, as I I think about it. Remember, I only played it yesterday. I don't know if I could run it, right? Uh, I can bring the 1970s, right? That's where I was born, right? Um, I don't know that I could bring the girl, right? And Sarah was awesome at bringing that and letting me explore stumbling around playing a girl without me uh, being afraid to fail and not making a caricature out of what I think girls are like, right? We can fall down that hole. And uh, and that's a fear, right? I didn't, uh, I wanted to take the game seriously, but I didn't want to uh, mishandle or disrespect uh, the content, right? Um, So it was fun. I would play it again. Uh, I think I need someone to learn me, right? 
uh, how to bring the girl to that game. I think if I ran Velvet Glove, uh, I don't think I could deliver uh, like Sarah did. And I suspect, like most women would, uh, for that setting. I think I, I don't. I think I'd come up short. Um, what I liked, I liked how easy the scenes and the situations flowed organically. And again, without me having to reference or figure out, well, what move do I want to do next? Uh, it was easy to say, here's what I'm doing. And it triggered a move. And I love that when that occurs in the Apocalypse World games. What I also liked was how our story as sisters in the gang unfolded. How we started off kind of um, petty, catty, poking at each other like siblings would at the beginning uh, to a united uh, sisterhood. Uh, at the end. And that happened organically out of the fiction, not because of any mechanical positioning or benefit uh, to us. That's just playing the story out to its to its uh, narrative conclusion. Uh, and that was nice. I enjoyed that. Uh, in the end, two of us stayed in the gang. One of us left. But that may be because the, the bonding event, uh, one of us got shanked uh, almost to death. Uh, uh, in a bathroom while the other two sisters were off elsewhere. My negatives? Um, it's my first time playing Velvet Glove, so I think I didn't have enough time. I wish I had more time, and we always do. Uh, so I could see more of the mechanics, right? Uh, so I could see how the advancement cycle work. How does our gang get better or worse, right? What, is, what does advancement look like? So the good news is Sarah teased about running it again. Uh, she's working out some play tests and she's in uh, that, that phase of development with Velvet Glove. That brings me up to Jonathan Hickman and the House of X and the Powers of Ten comic books. So I've read House of X number three, and I got to warn you, there's some spoilers, 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 right? Um, my friend, my friend Jay Stav uh, and I have been uh, nerding out on Hickman's run of the or the limited run of the X-Men right now. Um, I'm going to have to walk back my earlier podcast. I talked about... Um, the X-Men, and are they still relevant, was my question, right? And I didn't feel like they were anymore. I thought their story was told, right? Um, that anything else is a rehashing, or in my cynical, cranky self, um, the big media company's ways of trying to get them to the big screen, right? Um, I think Hickman, in his limited run here, is working hard to make them relevant, and uh, he's got my attention. Uh, it's It's been a pretty awesome read so far. Um, as of House of X number three, what strikes me as most interesting is the positioning of the mutants as standing up uh, and making themselves united and a nation, a culture, a people to be reckoned with. And they're not taking it anymore from the humans. Um I mean, that's all the stuff that, right, 
bullied folks, marginalized, the oppressed people. Uh, that's that's what we dream of, right? Some of us strive and achieve that, right? That's some that's some magnificent stuff. Scott kicks it all off for me when uh, he by himself challenges the Fantastic Four. They just got finished capturing Sabretooth, uh, who was running a raid, killed some folks. They've taken him back into the authorities. Scott's like, let me have him, right? Um, he's a mutant. I'm taking him with me. Uh, diplomatic immunity, yada, yada, yada. Uh, they banter back and forth, Scott and the Fantastic Four. Uh, and then they're questioning, hey, what's going on, right? What's really happening, right? What are you doing, Scott? And he said, uh, speaking for mutant kind, did you think we were going to sit around and keep taking it, right? And uh, that did it for me, right? Because up until now, the mutants have been on the run, persecuted, hunted, killed, the whole nine yards. There was no really, there was never a real united front uh, to push back against um, those hostilities. Um, in House of X number three, uh, Emma Frost uh, goes to... Uh, like the super, super max where Sabretooth is uh, on trial and she goes to get him, to get him released. Uh, and one of the lines she delivers is we, we as mutants, we will no longer be judged uh, by humans, by non-mutants. Um, so to me, they are mutant kind are uniting and they're taking responsibility and care of their own at a cost. And that's fucking badass to me. Uh, I was I was bullied as a kid in grade school. Uh, I did a lot of running uh, after lunch, home, after school, home, ducking and dodging. Uh, I wasn't a fighter. I didn't. Uh, uh, yeah, I wasn't confrontational like that. So I did a lot of running. Um, and I used to drive my old man crazy, right? Because he put me through karate school. Uh, he was a trucker's trucker back then, right? He was a big dude. I wasn't a big dude. I was a little guy. So I ran a lot. Um. But I remember one summer I had a kind of a growth spurt and I probably had a handful of dudes that used to uh, shake me down and, and uh, uh, bully me through through gates through grade school. Uh, but that one summer uh, I grew uh, and I ran across one or two of them and uh, and they didn't have that growth spurt that I did. Uh, so I was a little bit bigger than them and uh, they came at me. Like it was old times, uh, but I was feeling my growth and I pushed back. Uh, some of them backed off, right, and and let it let it go, right. Uh, the 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 whole size makes right mentality thing. Some of them uh, we threw down, right, and uh, I won a couple, I lost some, uh, but the bullying stopped. And so this this whole thing where um, the mutants are standing up and pushing back that resonates a lot with me. So I think uh I think Hickman is uh um I think Hickman is making the X-Men resonate uh like it used to for me uh, on those different levels. Um the details are different now though. Labor Day. Labor Day is called the unofficial end of summer. Um it marks the end of the cultural summer season, so says Wikipedia. So I think I will retract my, are the X-Men even still relevant? And I'll say that Hickman 
is taking us to the end of the X-Men summer, right? Um, maybe that was all the stuff that uh, I reminisce about, all the nostalgia, all the great stuff that I uh, resonated with or that I found resonated with me in earlier X-Men. Uh, I think he's taking them through the end of their summer in House of X, Powers of Ten, and setting them up for their winter, right? Um, and I think that's some outstanding storytelling. So, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, gamers, you have a happy Labor Day. That's my show. Thanks for listening. Dysology is sponsored by listeners like you. Join my Patreon and get access to extended interviews and bonus episodes. Send your comments to me at madj at dysology.com or on Twitter at GoDysology. Let's make this our regular thing.